Do you want to have conversations with the Adventures in Angular crew and their guests? Do you want to support the show? Now you can. Go to adventuresinangular.com slash forum and sign up today. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the Adventures in Angular podcast. This week on our panel, we have Lucas. I still, I'm still, i still not sure how to say your last name. It's like Milwaukee, but with a Russian ruble, so it's ruble key. Ruble key. Awesome. And I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And this week we're going to be talking about how to learn Angular, you know, the resources, recommendations that we have that you can uh, use to pick up on how to learn Angular. And then we're going to talk about some projects that you can use to get used to how Angular works. So I'm still kind of new to Angular. I've been using it for this one project. If you go to devchat.tv or if you go to Adventures in Angular, it'll take you to devchat.tv, adventuresinangular.com. And that's all using Angular, but I'm still figuring out some things. And so I'm really curious, you know, if somebody is brand new, where do you usually tell them to start? That is a very interesting question. I think the first place to to obviously start is with uh, the angularjs.org site and to kind of click through and kind of familiarize yourself with kind of the high-level pieces. With that said, it's kind of like when you're learning an instrument is you kind of have your theory that really helps to, you know, kind of understand like, oh, well, I'm doing this chord progression. This is why this does this, or these are the notes, or these are, you know, the harmonic movements. But then there's nothing like sitting down and actually just playing the instrument. And so I think that there are some really, really good resources out there. Uh, one resource that I still use, even for myself, is Egghead IO has a lot of just great free content out there. Uh, one of my favorite blogs, uh, yearofmoo.com by my BFF Matthias, is really, really excellent. He got some really kind of great long-form posts out there, and he wrote uh, NG Animate, which is one of my favorite pieces of Angular. And then NG Newsletter by Ari Lerner is really fantastic. So that's a nice way to kind of aggregate anything that is new that's coming out is a lot of times I find out from NG Newsletter just because, unfortunately, I'm not omnipresent and I do not know everything. With that said, there's nothing like actually just getting in and just writing a lot of Angular as fast as possible. And so when I started learning Angular is I started out in JS Fiddle and then I actually moved over to Plunker and I would just come up with an idea and I would iterate over it, you know, sometimes 150 times before I would get it to where I would want it to be. And that was really helpful as well as I really think that putting yourself out there and, you know, writing a blog post or saying, I have this kind of idea from start to finish. And then here is, you know, here's the plunk or here's the source code. And this is my thought process. And when I started doing that for my blog, 100mind.com, it was pretty funny because Angular was just getting started. And so Amishko and Igor would get on there and be like, that's a pretty good idea, but this is really how you wanted to do it. And so just by putting myself out there and getting eyes on it is I was able to get these feedback loops where I was always kind of evolving my thoughts. And so even over the course of my blog post, is just even my ideas have continued to evolve. And so, you know, one is some of the resources I mentioned, but write code and really kind of engage the community. I think that's one thing that makes AngularJS really special is kind of this vibrant community of people 
willing to, you know, to jump in and, and share ideas and kind of collaborate and iterate. And so it's two sides is you kind of have the theory, you know, expose yourself to like, you know, plenty of the, you know, the blog posts, but just really don't be afraid to get in and, and try stuff and, and then put it out there for, for feedback. So I hope that was helpful. Yeah, I, th- I think it really is. I have to say that, you know, a lot of the, the resources that you mentioned, I've looked at, you know, so angularjs.org. I mean, the documentation there is pretty good. You do have to have a basic understanding of how Angular works to understand some of the stuff that's a little further in. But yeah. the documentation is terrific. I've browsed through egghead.io. I didn't know about ng New- newsletter. That's awesome. One other resource is that I reach out to all the time is Joe. <laughs> Joe Ian's. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, well, how do I do this? And yeah, he walked me through the, the ideas behind it and then sent me a plunker and then I just played with it. Yep. One other thing that I really want to, to mention is go find a project that is using AngularJS and go fiddle with it. Um, yes, absolutely. That's, that's something that I've done as I've been working on devchat.tv. I actually have another developer helping me out and we're both learning angular together so we'll pair on stuff and figure things out but you know I'll go and look at what he did and yep. oh oh I get it that's how this works you know yep. I can inject this kind of thing in here and, and it it works out really nicely and and that's paid off another one is I've got a little project that I built a while back and I just did the lazy thing and just built jquery stuff around it and so I've been tempted to go back on just a really simple project and work on that and convert it to Angular. And that right. way I can understand, okay, these kinds of interactions lend themselves really nicely to these uh, structures or directives in, in Angular. I made the music metaphor earlier, but I think there's a lot of kind of a parallels there is a musician friend that is just phenomenal. He told me, he said, if you want to learn to play something, find somebody that's already doing it and imitate their style. Mm-hmm. And then pull those pieces in and imitate and imitate until you actually assimilate those ideas into kind of your own toolbox. And then you just start to express those naturally. And so applying that to learning Angular or anything is find a project that is doing something that is interesting to you and then just imitate it. You know, pull that piece in and start to, to kind of iterate over it and think about it and try to, to extend it until you just work it into your toolbox and you just do it without even thinking. So let me give you an example. UI router is a really powerful routing state machine mechanism. But how I actually learned UI router is from actually porting a prototype over into production code and just taking those ideas and actually pulling them over and then having to, to kind of think about them and fiddle with them and then extend them. And so it's like somebody, you know, saying like, here's a sentence in another language, repeat after me, you know, then try to, you know, say something else or build on top of it. So it's a lot of iteration, a lot of feedback loops. So I will also kind of make a few plugs for just some, you know, some content that's out there. So, you know, AKIO is really great for kind of small bite-sized lessons about, you know, here's how a specific piece of Angular works that um, is really helpful for like, oh, I need to see how, you know, how to do like controller ads or something like that. I'm currently putting together a build an app from start to finish. And so that's a kind of the first part of that is, is a free course that's being released. What that said is uh, Joe Ames Pluralsight course is really excellent. I've been doing Angular for quite a while and I just went back and just went through it. And I picked up, you know, some nuggets out of there as well as, 
Uh, Ari Lerner's book, uh, the Engie book, is a massive book with a ton of really great content. And Ari Lerner is just a really, really all-around smart guy. And so I love his blog posts. I love his content. As well as uh, Matthias and I have an Angular Foundation course on O'Reilly. And we approached that a little differently where we did kind of the lectures of like, here's the 80-20 rule on Angular. And I'll, and I'll elaborate on that in just a moment. But so like, here's kind of some thoughts and here's some of the concepts. And then Matthias kind of digs in and actually shows you an example of that. But then there's actually a project with challenges in there. So they're actually separated in the sense that, you know, here's the idea now here's the challenge and try to apply what we've just showed you. And so that's another interesting way to learn Angular. Matthias obviously is, is very, very good. He's done a lot of stuff for, you know, the Angular core. So kind of seeing his thought process, the first time I actually saw him code was really enlightening to just see him do something that I'd done a thousand times just differently. And so those are, I think, some really good and effective resources. With that said, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll actually elaborate on kind of the 80-20 rule on Angular for mm -hmm. just a moment because I think it's really important to, to kind of delineate that Angular on the surface, it's really easy to get up and running. Is that you can actually have the semblance of a full-fledged application and actually not even write any JavaScript. A lot of times when I do an Angular Hello World is I'll use something like ng-init, initialize my variables, and then I'll bind to it in the application and you know all of a sudden you kind of got this dynamic content and there's no javascript and so very quickly right out of the gates using two-way data binding and you know if you understand how basically a controller and a view works is you can build out you know pretty much a, a full-fledged prototype and so you'll find that you know just as javascript has the good parts is that angular and i'm not implying that there's bad parts but that there seems to be this core set of components that I keep coming back to and I use over and over and over. And once you kind of see like, oh, well, it's really kind of these only these five to eight pieces that it makes it really easy to kind of wrap your mind around. And so you kind of have the module. And then from there, you have your view, scope, and controller. And then if you need to extend your view, then you have a directive, and if you need to extend your controller, then you have basically a service. And then within the module, then you can use the config block to set up your routes. And so I believe that is you know, seven pieces right there that, that I just mentioned. And I actually have a graphic, Charles, that I'll actually send to you that can actually post, if that's okay, that really yeah, just great. kind of shows that. And so once... You know, people who are new to Angular, I say, look, here's kind of the worldview. It's really kind of seven or eight pieces on the board, and these are how these fit together. It really makes it easy to kind of say, like, okay, like, I know there's some complex stuff under the covers. So once you get into directives and testing and, you know, some of the really advanced stuff, like, um, I've really been digging on, like, service interceptors or HTTP interceptors and service decorators and kind of that aspect-oriented stuff is you can just take that as far as you want. But at the core is you always kind of come back to these core pieces that you just use over and over. And somebody, I really believe, can kind of start to wrap their mind around them in just a couple hours and, and get up and running, which is really awesome because it's about building stuff and having fun and, and kind of that cause and effect. And and I think it really just, I mean, just the way that you explained it right here and now really helped me kind of, oh, okay, that that makes a lot of sense. So. 
you know, the directives are that they add functionality to the view and the services add functionality to the controller. I keep hearing that Angular is MVC, and I don't really see a whole lot of the M. So I will give you the MV whatever version according to Lucas. And so, you know, that's where the Angular team takes kind of the official stance of like, hey, we're MV whatever. And I say use the whatever to be whatever makes you more productive. <laughs> um, for me, having a flex background and using a view model is I tend to think of it as kind of an MVVM. And so your view is essentially your Angular compiled DOM. And so that's pretty easy. And then your view model is essentially your controller. And so you want your controller to be very lightweight, very specific, and only concerned about controlling the view that it's associated with. So I see the controller and scope essentially as kind of one entity, but that being the view model. And then from there, the model, as I see it, is kind of your domain model. And so that is essentially like the data or the state that you need to share across your entire application. And so, like, for instance, let's say we had, like, a user's model that stored all the user's information for the entire application. So, essentially, like, the services are, would be the big M, but for a domain model. And so, that's kind of how I see it. You have to squint your eyes a little bit to make that kind of fit into the, the MVC or, you know, even the MVVM kind of paradigm. But I think that with that said is, is Angular is, is very prescriptive, but it's not restrictive. And so, you know, if something doesn't make sense, or you're like, yeah, I know this is supposed to be an M, but it just doesn't make sense or it doesn't fit into what I'm doing. Then you kind of have the prerogative to, to change that up a little bit or, or do what makes sense with the project. I don't think you really benefit when you do a design pattern for the sake of doing a design pattern. Um, yeah, and I, I definitely agree. I've seen that, for example, the controllers, they're pretty free-form. I mean, all that really matters is that you bind the right stuff to scope, and then you manage the behavior properly. Yep. And so and, it's very flexible. Yep, and just keeping it, I think, lightweight, I think what you want to be careful of is not to allow your controllers to get kind of fat um, kind of a rule of thumb that I like to use is if you imagine an application that you're building and then you imagine that being a just a wireframe. So if you printed out the page and then you were just drawing boxes on the page and saying, okay, well, this left-hand thing is, this is like the nav, and then the right-hand thing is like the content, is I tend to try to write my controllers like kind of for those kind of components or the kind of the frames within the wireframe instead of having one like really large controller that's controlling like four or five different things on the page. And so from an architectural standpoint, it's really kind of keeping your controllers light and specific to a specific piece of functionality within the page, if that makes sense. Yep, makes sense to me. So one other thing that I, I really encourage people when they're getting into a new framework or library or language is to go and actually make some sausage. <laughs> Yeah. You know, go out there and grind through the meat and figure out, you know, how it all works together. Because it's one thing to understand it sort of academically. I've read all the docs and I know how it works. But it's a completely different thing to actually go and build something. So I'm curious, what, what kind of projects do you kind of point people to? I really think kind of this would be following kind of the tips and tricks thing is a really good way to actually start to see stuff. Is if you go to Plunker and you just start looking at like all the angular plunks it's really kind of a low-risk way to kind of jump in there because you can fork plunks and, and start to play with it. 
that's a really good one, as well as within even the you know the Angular documentation is they link out to plugs. And so that's a really good way to kind of start to, to play with things. One thing that I will say is Thomas Burleson, who was at NGConf, he's going to be at NGConf Europe, and he's been a mentor and a friend to me for quite some time. He has some really incredible examples in his, his GitHub repo, mm-hmm. and um, we'll post that link. But he has, even in his blog, he has a ton of great content. Um, kind of just elaborating on those projects. And so I would say for anybody looking to get started and kind of just see how a large Angular project uh, is put together is definitely check out Thomas's work. So his blog is solutionoptimist.com. And he did this um, full-on, you know, kind of Angular application. And it's called like the ZA mean stack. So it's like a pizza configurator, but it's built on top of the main stack as well as Breeze. And it's pretty phenomenal. So solutionoptimist.com. And then from there, you can check out his uh, GitHub repo. And he has a lot of great material there. And so that would be, I think, just off the back of, you know, if somebody just said, quick, five seconds, I need to know where to start. As I would say, you know, check out Thomas's GitHub repo. Very cool. One thing that I did find that was kind of fun was that I have this vendetta against spreadsheets. Yeah. Uh, spreadsheet software. So whether it's Google's or Microsoft's or Apple's, spreadsheets are just, they're just such a pain. And, and part of the reason is that they're fairly generic. And so I, I don't recommend that you go get like this big hairy accounting spreadsheet, but a lot of people use spreadsheets for things that, you know, a little custom thing would work really nicely for. And I found that those are really nice kind of focused things that you can go and build out. So I had one person that was doing scheduling in a spreadsheet. And so, you know, by applying that to Angular, I mean, yeah, date math is hard and sucks, but, you know, a lot of the rest of it where it was, you know, tallying things up and and whatever, you know, that's all pretty easy. And Angular plays nicely keeping track of your data and plugging yep. everything together and, and doing that kind of work. And so, you know, if you need to tabulate, collect, or, or anything like that, you know, Angular's real nice for that. And so you get in and you, you know, you build something out in a couple hours that replaces this spreadsheet. And I think it gives you a real good idea of how the workings of Angular go together. And so that's, that's one project that I, I here recommended. Another one, I asked this question in general and all of my Angular or all of my Ember.js friends said, Oh, go build a, a Gmail clone. But I don't think people have the time to go take on a project that ambitious. Right. And, and I think really just, you know, something simple. So if you can, if you can see something, you want to make some connections between some data, go build it in Angular. Yes. Uh, one other one that I did forget or I was saving for last is I am the author of Angular JSON Action and I'm currently kind of revamping everything to 1.3. So writing a book in Angular is interesting because it's just progressing so fast. It's kind of hard to keep up with all the changes, but if you go to the AngularJS in action uh, GitHub repo and you go to the Angelo repository in there and you go to, I recommend going to the refactoring Burleson branch. That's where all the new stuff is going. As soon as it is stable, then I'm going to merge that back into master. But that is actually a full-fledged AngularJS application. Uh, that's the whole point of the book. But I've got some really great feedback from Thomas Burleson as well as uh, Joel Hooks, 
who I respect quite a bit. And it's interesting because they actually have two very different ideas about how apps should be put together for the most part. Uh, and I don't think one is either right or wrong. Um, I think that they're just interesting. And uh, so that is another really good uh, kind of place to start to see a full-fledged application is the Angelo project for AngularJS in action. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much all of our time anyway. So do you want to get to the picks? Sure. you have some picks you want to share? So I've been doing a lot of UI router work this week, and I think that is a really awesome framework. I really enjoy that. And then I watched a movie this week called The Signal, and it was kind of an indie film that was surprisingly really, really good. So kind of the sci-fi mind-bender that I really enjoyed. So those would be uh, my two picks is, is UI Router for just the sheer power, and then uh, The Signal for just kind of being sci-fi, entertaining, mind-bender stuff that I love. Very cool. Um, what about you? Hit me. <laughs> So I'm just going to pick some tools that I use pretty regularly here. The first one is Emacs. I just freaking love Emacs. I know a lot of people like IDEs, like WebStorm or something. But yeah, Emacs rocks. The other one that I want to pick is Magit Mode for Emacs. And it is a Git, I don't know if I want to say UI, but basically it gives you uh, keyboard shortcuts to uh, manage your Git stuff. makes it really easy to rebase if you have to rebase, and it makes it really easy to commit and push if that's what you're doing. So, you know, overall it's really nice and I don't have to go out to the command line to run it and I don't have to open another program to run it. So yeah, so those are my picks. And yeah, I guess we'll wrap up. I also want to point out that we are now in iTunes. Uh, I'm working on getting the show into Stitcher and you can also just subscribe via RSS. So if you are, you know, depending on what device you're on, go ahead and do that. And if you're in iTunes, leave us a review. Um, It helps the show get noticed. Um, helps move us up in new and noteworthy. And we're already, if you go search for Angular, we're the top listed podcast. So um, I just want to thank all the folks for who are subscribing and listening. And uh, go leave us a review, like I said. It really helps us out. Working and learn from designers at Amazon and Quora, developers at SoundCloud and Heroku, and entrepreneurs like Patrick Ambron from Brand Yourself. You can level up your design, dev, and promotion skills at Level Up Con, taking place October 8th and 9th in downtown Saratoga Springs, New York. Only two hours by train from New York City, this is the perfect place to enjoy early fall at Oktoberfest while you mingle with industry pioneers in a resort town in upstate New York. Get your ticket today at levelupcon.com. Space is extremely limited for this premium conference experience. Don't delay. Check out levelupcon.com now. This episode is sponsored by Mad Glory. You've been building software for a long time, and sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. Work piles up, hiring sucks, and it's hard to get projects out the door. Check out Mad Glory. They're a small shop with experience shipping big products. They're smart, dedicated, will augment your team, and work as hard as you do. Find them online at madglory.com or on Twitter at madglory. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.